Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of KidsUse.com. This week we are brought to you by Fabletics, which I'm haven't introduced Amy and Andrea, but they are here with me, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But ladies, I wanted to tell you that I actually went onto the Fabletics website, um, which I haven't bought workout gear in, I can't tell you, I'm using like my same yoga gear from, I, th- oh my God, I yeah. think maybe even 20, year, 20 or 15 my years ago. My stuff is so ratty. It's yeah. disgusting. I have like old disgusting like startup t-shirts from like the first tech bubble that I wear. <laughs> so I was really excited. I actually went onto Fabletics. Um, which is a workout wear company, or activewear, I guess is what we call it now, um, co-founded, designed, and inspired by Kate Hudson, who I think should come on the show uh, and talk totally, about yeah. how she balances like fitness and social media Family. and parenting. Yeah. yeah. So it's the same quality as your favorite luxury brands, but half the price. And I would say less than half the price. Really? Yeah. And the stuff is super, super cute. They have exclusive styles and outfits monthly. You take a like a fit quiz and you talk about like your workout and what you like to do, and then they recommend complete outfits for you. So you don't oh. even have to be like stressing like bottom top, bra, you know, whatever. You can shop by outfit or by separate. They're helping all women live their passion. So find the exercise that is right for you. And then I think if you have cute gear, you're more inspired to, to do your stuff. You're not as embarrassed to show up at the gym. Totally. Even at home. Like, I do yoga and Pilates at home. And, yeah, you feel grungy. You kind of just sort of half-ass it. So now they are also, they launched FL2, which is the men's brand, which if I think my workout clothes are gross... Yeah. I'm totally going to out my husband who has been working out in his bathing suit. Not a, <laughs> not a Speedo, but still. I, it's hor- it's truly horrifying, actually. So I'm really excited. I'm totally ordering him an outfit from FL2. They have a VIP member exclusive on both Fabletics and FL2. Get a complete outfit for just 25 bucks. No way. Yeah, and it's re- I'm telling incredible. you, it's super, super cute That's stuff. Like, that- and free shipping and free exchanges. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going on there like during so, the show. <laughs> go to Fabletics.com. Slash Rebecca. I didn't know they wow. were doing that. That's oh. Now I feel. Now I feel. Like, oh, alrighty. Now I feel like Kate and I are on a first name basis, and she really has to <laughs> so come she on really the show. Has to come on. So go to fabletics.com slash Rebecca and get your first twenty five dollar outfit and be a VIP and get free shipping and exchanges. And then take a picture and show us your cool, cute outfit. Neat. I'll actually do that. I won't do before and after pictures for things, but I think I will post my yeah, cute fabletics. outfit. Cute Absolutely. outfit. I'll post. All right, so as you heard, I'm here in the studio with Amy Oztan of SelfishMom.com. Hi. Hi, Amy. And Andrea Smith, technology journalist, guru extraordinaire. And we are so excited today to bring you two topics that um, have been circling around the news. Actually, I feel like we hit every, well, we hit the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. So it it was a very well-read week for us. Yes, diverse. Topic one is based on an article in the Sunday Review section of the Times, called Why Do We Teach Girls That It's Cute to Be Scared? Which was really interesting, I thought. Um, So we're going to discuss that. Topic two, we are actually going to be talking about a Wall Street Journal article called Look Mom, I'm Writing a Term Paper on My Smartphone, and a New York Times article, Bridging a Digital Divide That Keeps School Children Behind. So one article is about how fabulous it is that all these kids are doing mobile devices and doing all this work on them, and the second one is about how so many kids don't have access to do that. So this is a huge problem. We're going to talk about that, too. And then we'll have our bites of the week. So before we jump into topic one, 
We are unfortunate to have another sponsor today, Lisa, L-E-E-S-A dot com. Uh, Lisa is a mattress company, which I think if any industry needs to be disrupted, it's the mattress. Oh, yeah. I hate such shopping a scam. for a mattress. Such a scam. You can't compare prices. No. It's like a different name and model at every place. Yeah, they make different place. numbers for each company. Yeah, it's so not right. So here we are. We got Lisa.com solving this problem. Do you need a new mattress? Check out this innovative new online company called Lisa. It's not your typical mattress company. They're like Tom's Shoes for the mattress industry which is super, right, it's really interesting. They've done away with awkward mattress showroom experience, which we all hate, which is so silly. Like you lay down on a mattress for three seconds, as if you can tell in the showroom, like, yeah, yeah, this is the one for me. No, I need to take my clothes off and have my husband snoring next to me. That's how I'll know. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so they've created a true luxury mattress that can be ordered exclusively online from the comfort of your home. They start at just $525, ships compressed in a box for free anywhere in the USA and Canada. 100% American-made mattress engineered with three foam layers, including a top cooling foam layer. Hmm. That's key. I hate being hot at night. Don't so, you hate it? So instead of having a cool side of the pillow, you've got like a cool mattress. Yeah, the whole thing. like it pulls the heat so that you don't overheat in your sleep, which I think especially yeah. for women. I wake up really hot. So yeah. wake up hot, and my husband's a furnace. Yeah. So like the yeah. combination is terrible. Uh, Lisa gives you 100 nights to try the mattress risk-free. And best of all, for every 10 mattresses they sell, they donate one to a shelter. So that's ah. that's the Tom's comparison. That's so cool. Um, and I love that. And for every mattress sold, they plant a tree. No so way. That's, yeah. That's pretty. I know. I don't, that's going to be a lot of trees. I think it'll be interesting to see how it comes compressed. I know. In a box. Yeah. I yeah you open it up these... and it's like boing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Especially the king size. I want to see that. So if you're ready to start sleeping better and want to give back to your community, head to www.lisa, that's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash parenting bites, B-Y-T-E-S, and get $75 off your order. Hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. That's lisa.com slash parenting bites. Get $75 off your order today. And I would say send us a picture of your Lisa mattress too, but with clothes on. <laughs> All right. I'm just saying, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's jump into topic number one. Why do we teach girls that it's cute to be scared? This article was written by Carolyn Paul, and she was one of the first women in the San Francisco Fire Department, which I thought was really awesome. an incredible perspective. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just some psychologist writing this, but she ended up going to, I would say, a field that maybe requires more bravery Clearly a than fearless, any Clearly a fearless female. Yes. Yeah. They don't call them the bravest for nothing. So she was saying she worked on a busy rig in a tough neighborhood where rundown houses caught fire easily, gangs fought with machetes and 22s. Yeah, crazy. So she expected people to question whether I had the physical ability to do the job, even though she was 5'10", 150-pound ex-college athlete. Wow. But what she didn't expect was the question she heard the most, which was, aren't you scared? And it's interesting because I wonder if male firefighters get asked that. Are you scared? I mean, I don't see how anybody couldn't be scared running into a burning building, but no, I don't think it's something that would occur to most people to ask a man. And the thing is, I'm very guilty of this with my daughter compared to my son. Um, But it reminds me of an article that I read, and I tried to find it on the way here. I will try to find it again after we're done. But it was an article that basically talked about how a woman spends her entire life trying not to get raped. Like, everything you do. Think about how many things you do every day that revolve around not getting attacked, where you walk, where you park, you know, what you carry with you. And it's kind of the same thing. Like, I worry about my daughter when she leaves the house in a way that I don't worry about my son. 
partly because she's a lot smaller, but partly just because it, girl, women are just more vulnerable. So it's interesting, though, because, okay, so that aside, which I do think you're right, I think women have an innate consideration they are taking into to account To protect themselves. All the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a different consideration, um, just because the potential for that is different. Yeah. But this is, they did a study on the fireman, whatever they call it, ho- like pole, that's mm-hmm. in a playground. And that parents cautioned their daughters about the dangers significantly more than they did their sons. And they were more likely to assist their daughters. Hmm. Thinking they couldn't do it. Thinking they couldn't do it or just making sure they didn't fall. Right. Whereas with sons, they just kind of gave them instructions. Like, yeah, yeah, go wrap your legs around it, right. slide down. But and I don't so- think it's separate. I think that it ties into the whole vulnerability that we see when we look at girls. And, and, and is that teaching girls to be scared? I mean, in a way it is. It's teaching them to be, you know, a little bit hesitant about trying something new and making right. sure you're not going to get hurt. I mean, it's okay to go do something that you get hurt a little. Right. Well, so I think that's what the, she was saying in here is that they're way more afraid of a girl getting hurt, of skinning her knee, of breaking something. And I guess it does feel like maybe because girls are more fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so innate. Yeah. Like it seems so universal. I mean, I've, I only have girls. And it's funny because in here she was saying the mom said to her or said to the study person who was like, well, my daughter's klutzy. And my daughters are so – one of them I in particular – I mean, she's about to have knee surgery tomorrow because um, she fell skiing, which was actually not a klutzy <laughs> move. It was not her fault. But, you know, my daughter did fall off the monkey bars and knock out her two front teeth. Oh. Um, like, basically the first time she was actually trying the monkey bars. They just didn't have the rhythm for the monkey bars. Mm-hmm. You know, there are these little pisher kids. Mm-hmm. It's not strength. It's like it's all about how you can, like, swing your body, how you can sort of swing that weight from yep. thing to thing. My girls never got that. They um, ain't got that swing. <laughs> they did not have that. You know, they were um, so – and they also were blind, which we didn't know until they were in kindergarten because they were terrible parents. <laughs> but other than that, which may have had something to do with them, misjudging every step. Um, but it is interesting because I – came from a family of worriers and hoverers Mm -hmm. and I don't think it's because I was a girl I actually think my dad came from a family of worrier Mm. and hoverers and they were hovered over my dad and worried over my dad and and I don't so I don't know I mean Amy you have both and Andrea you have a boy like I don't know if I would have been different with the boy I will say that I did keep it off the playground like I was cognizant of the fact that they just had to do their own thing on the playground and get hurt and and try things that were too difficult um but then once it was off the playground once it was just going about their days independently and going on public transportation yeah there's there's a difference in how I send her out the door you know I also wonder if there's a difference between moms and dads so my husband was always much more willing to have my girls be pushed and oh, try things. Oh, mine was less. Be, oh, really? Yeah. That's so funny. And I was way more hovery. And my husband, it's funny because with my son and playgrounds years ago, so I don't even know if I can remember back then. But, I mean, I got nervous and worried when he would try to take public transportation. We live in the suburbs in New Jersey, and he's not a street-smart city kid. Like and it's just not as much of a up, thing in the suburbs. It's not a thing. You know, and I was nervous about, like, you know, before cell phones even – you know, him getting lost, him yeah. having not a clue. And my husband was like, he'll be fine, he'll be fine. Like, he was so much hmm. more laid back about those kinds of things. Well, yeah. my son has been without his cell phone for a week because he took it swimming in Florida. Yeah. 
and um, the replacement's coming today. Because um, he was only with his dad, who didn't say to him, is your, oh, is your sure phone your in your pocket? Phones? I would have been <laughs> nagging him so much. Like, I don't blame my husband, but it just... No, it's just funny. It so wouldn't have happened if I was there. You, it wouldn't have happened if you were there, and now it happened. So do you think, because you weren't there to prevent it, that he has now learned yes. to check? Yes. That's the thing. Like, I, I could have prevented the whole lessons. mess yeah, because no. I'm I'm just a nag. But now he will never do that. Like, for the <laughs> yeah. rest of his life, he, he is learned. now cured of not checking his, his swimsuit pocket before he jumps into a pool. And it's not like he just jumped in and then jumped out. Oh, my God, I have my phone. No, he was swimming with it for, like, and 10 he minutes. he feel it. Oh and I was God. like, he got out of the pool and was like, what's this in my pocket? Oh That's my, my biggest, like, even when yeah. I go to the bathroom, I constantly, I pat, like, I pat pocket. my butt. Yeah. I pat my back pockets. Because sometimes when I run around the house, I want to bring sure. my cell phone. I stick it in my back pocket. And I'm so scared it's going to drop I, in the toilet. I rarely put mine in my pocket, in my back pocket. And when I do, I almost always flip it into the toilet. It's just missed. But anyway, so he's been without his cell phone for a week. And today he has something to go to after school. And I was like, do you know how to get there? Like, I don't know if he's like me where he has to look up directions to everything every single time because I just don't notice. Like, it's become such a crutch. Well, did you see there was an um, article this week about how they're teaching naval captains to navigate by the stars uh, again because they're worried about hackers taking I out the global that. GPS oh, system. Oh, wow. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, celestial yeah. navigation. But how did we get it? What was more? I, we have digressed so <laughs> far sorry. from what we're talking about. How did it get to cell Well, what I was going to say is that, so listen, so according to the study in the journal Pediatric Psychology, parents are four times more likely to tell girls than boys to be more careful after mishaps that are not life-threatening. Like this is not hmm. something, they didn't run out into the street. They didn't, um, it seems like a reasonable warning, but there's a drawback. Girls may be less likely than boys to try challenging physical activities, which are important for developing new skills. So we think our daughters are more fragile, both physically and emotionally, than our sons. Oh. So it's interesting, and, and um, I don't know if his name is Giver or Gever, Tully, but the author of 50 Dangerous Things You Should Let Your Children Do, hmm. which encourages girls and boys to own pocket knives, light fires, throw spears. Hmm. under supervision but teaching them responsibility and so yet again when I read all this uh, I think camp yeah I was just gonna say the same thing camp lets them do that stuff the importance of camp is sometimes the lesson is let your kids go elsewhere let them be away from you that that is where they will try new things that is where they will push themselves sometimes even with you we went camping with another family and, it, you know, it, when you're, like, in a campground, you just kind of let the kids go wherever. And these were kids who were kind of used to being on their own anyway. But my husband came back to the campsite and said, did you know they're playing with a broken glass bottle? I was like, well, is anybody bleeding? He's like, no, but should they be doing that? I'm like, let them figure it out. Like, it's a new thing. They don't usually sit at home and play with broken <laughs> right. glass bottles. But it is, you know, I think part of it, too, is seeing their moms do things that maybe are more challenging or hard, not even just physically. Oh, like then my kids are screwed. Right. <laughs> I'm no, such a scaredy cat. But have you ever, like, put together IKEA furniture? Like, there are Oh, some, that stuff they yeah, see me do. There yeah. are some basic things that I think moms um, can do that set that example of, like, pick up the drill, pick up the screwdriver. Give it a try. Give it, yeah, build the IKEA furniture. If Yes, um, they have seen me do those kinds of challenges. The things where I've screwed them is where they've seen me try to, like, climb a rock wall oh, you yeah. know then I'm I'm just terrified and hopeless but that's so funny when when Matt was I don't know maybe five six years old and we were at a club med in those days when club med was the only place you could take your kid for a kid's <laughs> yeah. camp 
they had a trapeze, and I was in fantastic shape back then. <laughs> we all were. And uh, like, you know, okay, wearing the clothes you would need to go on a trapeze. And I, you know, it took me two days to scare up my courage, and it was the topic of family conversation at dinner, like, I'm gonna do it tomorrow, I'm gonna do it tomorrow. <laughs> I did it, you know, and I practiced it, and they came and watched me, and I climbed all the way up to the high thing. And, I, and it was one of those moments where I thought, I'm actually, you know, setting an example. Like, yeah. you know, this is terrifying, but I'm doing it. And I think that, you know, kids see that. Kids definitely see it. And I do think there's a place for positive peer pressure in this thing, too. And the, I think the fear is we all know how stupid teenagers are. We've talked about the teenage brain before. But, yeah. you know, just a, look, a month ago, that girl fell off the roof in Chelsea because she and her friends were jumping from building to building. Jesus. Like there are, that's always the parental fear, right? Yeah. Is that if you don't instill some healthy fear in your child, like what is that balance between having like uh, healthy common sense fear, like you don't just step off the jungle gym. But I think there's a difference or, between common sense and fear. I but, think there is too, but sometimes when you're parenting, it comes out the same way. But this was interesting. <laughs> Be there careful, was, don't go there, don't touch that. There was actually a study a few years ago that, that I'll try to find that showed um, that playgrounds are to blame for kids not having a healthy fear now because you make the bottom soft, you make everything mm -hmm. lower, mm -hmm. you make it safer, and kids don't All have a plastic. chance to do like a small fall onto something right, hard and, and learn. Yeah, yeah, you don't like you just need you need that little bit, but not you don't need the broken. You, do, you don't need a building, wrist. right? I mean, I will yeah. say that every year at my daughter's elementary school, someone broke their elbow or wrist on the monkey bars. I mean, every year, and so what happened was. First, you had the parents who wanted to ban mm -hmm. the monkey bars, which wasn't going to happen. Um, and then you had, let's uh, station an adult has to be standing at the oh monkey bars at all time. And this is because one kid inevitably, and that is something that happens on the playground. Yeah. Like some, you know, we had a friend whose kid broke their leg sledding because they got to the bottom of the hill and there's all these hay bales on the bottom. They're supposed to cushion <laughs> your fall. But if your leg's straight out, <laughs> boom, into a frozen hay bale uh, and broke his ow. leg. And I mean... Don't we all have friends or us who like broke something? Oh, when my daughter yeah. was in preschool, a, a girl broke her leg going down the slide. Right. Like it just, this stuff happens. It happens. It happens. And it can make you more scared or, because right, a lot of it is like when or you're. you learn, I'm going to live. Learn. I'll live. Right. You know, I'll get over it. It'll heal and I'll live. Right. It happens. So it, it it is interesting though that people feel more like that about girls. And I'm looking forward to Carolyn Paul's new book. That's coming out. The gutsy girl escapades for your life of epic adventure. I need to read that, and I'll definitely be more. Be a good teen book. I'll be more aware after this discussion about what I say to Fiona. I am too late. I mean, my girls are like cooked. They're fourteen. <laughs> I do. I feel like too late. We hovered all over them, all over the playground. They still hurt themselves all the time. Um, well, there's a lesson right there. I know, but I do think. I'm so thankful for camp. Every time I talk about it, I'm thankful for camp because yeah. they do our water skiing. They are due to the ropes course. They do do things that just they would never mm -hmm. do. And so I'm glad for that because um, I also hate the outdoors. So <laughs> yay for camp. Me too. Um, so this week we are also brought to you by Weebly. We are so excited for yes. Weebly, especially Amy, who's building our site. Yes, I'm like, almost ready to show what I've done. <gasps> almost ready. So you know that great idea you have, the one you've been sitting on, the one everyone agrees is amazing, like our Parenting Bites website. Yes. But now what? Time to get your idea out to the world with your own professional quality website, blog, or online store. That's why we are sharing how easy it is to get started with Weebly. I kind of just like the name, too. <laughs> it's fun to say. Weebly was created for people with the courage to start their own business and the dream to be their own boss. You don't need to be a web designer. You don't need to know how to code. No. 
please, you really don't need to know how to do that. You can create a fantastic website. There are all of these professionally designed, mobile-friendly themes to choose from. That means it's all beautifully templated mm. for you. You're and going I, to drag and drop. And that's my worst. Like, I'm so bad at the visual stuff, and Weebly is making it so easy. So nice. Yeah. yeah. And you can quickly build and publish your site. It's that easy. You can customize it, update it, change your site anytime on any device. So mm -hmm. if all you have with you is your phone and you want to make changes, if all you have with you is your tablet, do it. It's super cool. So creating a fantastic website shouldn't get in the way of your dreams. I cannot tell you how many people say, oh, well, I still need my website. I still need my website. I, I want to do this, but I still need to build my website. Who should I hire? Yeah, who should I hire? Yeah. And it becomes this giant excuse for not getting what you want to get done, mm -hmm. done. Just do it. Do it. Join over 30 million people who are already dreaming big with Weebly. Get started today for free at Weebly.com slash parenting. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com slash parenting. Weebly.com slash parenting. Make a cool website. Show it to us. We will link to you. We want to show off our listener Weebly websites. You know what? Have your kids build one with you. Oh, yeah. Kids, this is so easy for kids, and then they'll feel really cool, like they could build a website. Yep. I'd say get your kids involved. Let them build a website. Let them or build grandparents. A grandparents could do this. Grandparents could totally yeah. do it. You could build a family site. Yeah. So get yourself on Weebly.com slash parenting, and then show us what you built. Yes. So we will be right back with our second topic. Look, Mom, I'm writing a term paper on my smartphone. Or aren't you? So we will be right back to talk about that. to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it talking tech apps entertainment and issues around parenting the digital generation this is parenting bites with rebecca levy so we are back with our second topic there is an article in the wall street journal by charlie wells and it's called, Look, Mom, I'm writing a term paper on my smartphone. After years of cell phone bans, many teachers now invite teens to use smartphones for homework and during class. And I will tell you that this has happened in my daughter's class at school now that New York City has lifted the cell phone ban. But, it, like, I don't know, was it two days later, three days later, the article came out in the New York Times, Bridging a Digital Divide that Keeps School Children Behind by Cecilia King, all about these kids with no Wi-Fi at home. So they yeah, have cell phones, so amazing. but they can't use their data It made to me work. tear up on the subway. Yes. Like reading Horrendous. the girl, this one girl who has to rely on her, on Wi-Fi on her bus. And, and she I can't said, believe they put Wi-Fi on yeah, the school buses. Because they know that some of the kids yeah. don't have it at home. And so she said, I could take a shorter bus route home, but I want to get all A's. Yeah. So she sits on the bus yeah. longer. Or the ones who come to school early and sit outside of school and they keep the Wi-Fi on 24-7. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not And it says, oh. you know, this one kid, he has three hours of homework a day that requires research and collaboration with classmates online. Some assignments and take-home exams are due by midnight and must be submitted over the web. And he has no Wi-Fi. And collaboration with yeah. other kids. So yeah. he he goes to find Wi-Fi at a nearby Starbucks or at fast food restaurants or sometimes a friend. So she got a C on an English report because she couldn't submit it by the deadline. So first of all, and, and this is after working her job. Yes, that's yeah. like this isn't like she's she she's works slapping on. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, she literally can't get the homework done before Cause midnight because she's working. Yeah. So there's something really gross about this. I think that they haven't sat down with the teachers and said, 
we can't institute this school-wide policy until every kid has internet because I don't even understand. Well, I think one of the comments was that you can't hold everybody back. Like they, they feel like they really need. I don't know how really it is need... holding people back because we've survived this long without all that. Like why your paper has to be submitted at midnight? Right, right. Online? I mean, I think that there's definitely modifications and things that they can do so it's yeah. not so onerous. Right. Well, the excuse that they used in the article was that we can't, you know, technology is out there. The kids have to be ready for it. Right. We have to prepare we have them. We have to but prepare there, them. There's a difference between teaching the kids about technology and making them rely on it outside of school. Those are two separate things right. so that was just bull right yeah it's just because all it's really teaching is the wide divide yeah right i mean and you know what you can open your school two three hours early then with free wi-fi you keep your school open with wi-fi after school you yeah. make you give people although some of these kids work right well before school you can do um if the, but then you deal but with then the, bus you have the school bus right yeah, how do you, you get with, there? right the which again i think that's brilliant putting it on the school bus putting on school bus but that's it that's all the time you have then is your commute uh, i mean uh-huh. it is just seems crazy and this idea that you know broadband is somehow special you know when when fdr expanded electrification <laughs> to the entire rural country you know it was because he felt like everyone should get electricity yeah. this is just yeah. as important mm-hmm. and you need that same kind of program and they're fighting it so it's just well obviously we I, you know the obama administration was trying to work to get broadband into every rural area mm-hmm. you know and extend it and then you know just these past few days is the whole Mark Zuckerberg trying to bring Facebook and internet access to India and other emerging countries. And I mean, that's a whole other story because they're fighting it over net neutrality. But it's again, one of those things like, let's bring internet here, here here first. Let's take care of, and I know that this sounds terrible sometimes, but you know, before we branch out to emerging countries, let's take care of the people here who can really benefit, who can be taught to understand this technology yeah. and be but prepared for his own future. money. We can't control yeah. what he does with it. Right. But you know what? But that's part of the problem is that private industry shouldn't be solving this problem. Mm-hmm. This is a yeah. government like for by the people for the mm-hmm. people issue. So I think when you start to rely on private money to do these things is when we start to run into trouble because then it's like, well, they get to choose. Yeah, let Google mm-hmm. do it. Let Facebook yeah. do it. They get to choose and and they're there's, not held accountable. Right. They're so not some held people get Google Fiber, which is the most amazing thing, right. and some people get nothing. Right. So that's when you need the government to step in and, and do something, and they're fighting it because, of course, it's... We don't want the government telling us well, what no, to do. Well, no, it's the poorest Well, it's helping poor people. So yeah. they don't care. Um, so it's a really big divide because this other article about writing a term paper on your smartphone, which if anyone writes a term paper on oh their smartphone, God. I think they'd kill themselves. No. Oh, my God. This, this, uh, this article gave me a new way to divide generations. Are you better at texting or are you mm-hmm. better at typing? Right. Because my kids would totally say they text better than they type. Well, I do think the... Um, so I use Swift Key keyboard, which I which you just Amy introduced to me, and it's awesome. It changes. Do you love it? It changes oh, I love it. your life because the way it knows what you're typing, the predictive word typing. This is why kids don't type anymore because almost every word is already predictive. Mm-hmm. So forget about just the acronyms and all this stuff. But if you're writing a paper, when I write emails, it is so much faster on my phone now because I barely type. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just tapping a word, tapping a word, tapping a word. But this was really interesting because this article is really about how teachers are now trying to welcome devices into the classroom, mm-hmm. where for years all they've been seen as were cheating devices, <laughs> right? Like if you had a cell phone, now it's because you were cheating right. or distracted. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because you were doing work. And 
I mean, it's really interesting. They had these real pictures of, you know, using um, my girls. Everything's on Google Docs at their school. It's all cloud-based that they use. It's all cloud-based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they can have Google Drive on their phone and pull up everything um, and collaborate. Because they have access. Well, their school, yeah. too. And... Um, Jake didn't know what his homework was because his login was on his phone and his phone is gone. <laughs> okay, so here's a problem. Cloud, baby. Cloud. Yeah, if your children forget how to write down homework assignments yeah, because they're used to having bad. it all digital, that is a problem. You know, it's funny. I rem- And I thought this, you know, the whole millennial thing when I was at Mashable and a lot of the kids just coming out of grad school, you know, I'd go into our editorial meetings and I'd have my laptop, you know, and I'm taking notes and I'm typing and trying to remind myself. And I eventually scaled down to a tablet. But they're there on their phones. Mm-hmm. Every note was done on the phone. Every message, every everything was just on their phone. And I remember once one of my writers sent me a story from her phone. And I said, did you write this on your phone? <laughs> and she said, yeah. It just, yeah, no problem. Yeah, old lady, of course yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah. I was so shocked. But this, part, this was like my favorite part of the thing. So educators are using social media lingo and mobile formats to engage them in otherwise routine schoolwork. Every Thursday in Danielle Kennis' social studies class, students use their phones to take what she calls TBT quizzes using Google Uh. Forms and the hashtag (laughs) abbreviation for Throwback Thursday, popular on Instagram, popular everywhere. (laughs) Ms. Kennis says because her students have to take the state regents exam for global history at the end of the year, the hashtag TBT quizzes help them keep reviewing. They get immediate feedback on their performance via a Google Chrome extension called Flubberoo, (laughs) which can be programmed to grade quizzes students submit and notify them of results. A recent mobile-friendly quiz on the Neolithic and Paleolithic ages asked students to explain how the introduction of agriculture affected early peoples and when the domestication of animals occurred. And then they used all the cloud... that's a throwback. Yeah, (laughs) super throwback. But then they used all the cloud-based services, so they were making Google Slides, and and they were pulling it all together, and it stayed in this little ecosystem. It's crazy. So for the teacher, she's no longer grading the quiz. Mm Mm-hmm. Because a Chrome extension is doing it. The kids are getting immediate feedback. They're not waiting a week mm-hmm. to get their quiz back. It's all stored. So when you do your Regents review at the end of the year or your final exam review, all your notes are there. All that stuff is there. You're not, like, digging through your folders looking for everything. But it's, going back to the first article, <laughs> yes. everybody has to have a laptop with Chrome that yeah. they can put the extensions on, and yeah. everybody has to have yeah. access. New Chromebooks and Wi-Fi. It's wonderful when it all works, right. but when it doesn't, you are just falling behind. Right. But it's amazing the level of what they're doing because this particular um, section has this technology, because all these kids have smartphones. It's right. amazing how they're using the technology in so many different ways. Like, I'd be curious, you know, when the teacher used to pass out grades and call your name and give the paper back and everyone could see, like, if it's at an A or a B. I mean, if you're getting that feedback just, you know, automatically from an extension, do you, I don't know, do you pay as much attention to it? Well, studies have shown you don't, which Hmm. is interesting. They have these studies that show that um, making flashcards is way more effective than using something like Quizlet. That when it's actually the act of writing the flashcards that helps drill that into your memory. Hmm. It is the physical combined. I totally with agree with that. And that just studying flashcards, it actually takes like two or three times longer to learn the material when you're looking at it digitally. Hmm. But I guess you feel like you have it with you and you're not going to lose it. I mean, it's, it is an interesting how the brain learns is different. I don't know. So I don't hear a really matters. embarrassing story about me. <laughs> 
So when I was in high school, I hadn't, um, I wasn't doing well in this one class at all. It was senior year. I had basically just stopped going to school, which you could do in those days. And I was going to fail a test. And so I sat after school in a restaurant and ate a slice of pizza and wrote all of the answers on a little piece of paper. And then the next day on the way to school, wrote all the answers on my arm. So I had now written all of the notes twice. And I mistakenly told a friend about it. Oh, no. And uh -oh. Um, and then she told two friends. Well, no, because I had written everything down twice, I didn't have to look at anything. Of course. I <laughs> got like a 95 or something on the test, which no one believed. No one believed <laughs> that, that I had actually done it myself, but it was it's true. And that's how I used to learn lines. Oh, I would everything. write them out. Always write them out. Yeah. So that totally active works. writing drills it into your head. Now, I don't know if it's the same with a, with a test if you're just getting a grade back right away. If that matters, yeah. digital versus paper. I don't know if you care. But are you looking, but I think like, it's because do you look at what you got wrong? Do you go back and look at it? Or? I guess if your teacher makes you. So yeah. then it's up to the teacher to say you have to do corrections. But what happens if everything's digital, which my girls discovered very early on, is teachers are pulling all the work digitally off the web. So it's very easy to mm -hmm. find your worksheet, mm -hmm. your whatever, on the internet already, because that's where they're getting it all mm -hmm. from. So when that happens, I think you just have a lot of kids who are, you know, it's not just finding an answer, but maybe they're doing, maybe it is better, maybe they can find an answer, but they can also find the tutorial mm -hmm. on how to do it, because you can yeah. find tutorials for every math problem online. You can go to Khan Academy. Right. A lot of teachers suggest going to Khan Academy. Like, if you're having problems with this, here's like six videos you can watch online to help you explain polynomials. And you can collaborate. And you can collaborate. The collaboration's key. I mean, my yeah, daughters I spend all so. night collaborating. They're doing these position papers from all yeah. the You and know, it's one thing when your teacher used to say, you know, you guys work together and one, one works and one's busy and one lives across town. But now you can do it online. Yeah. Collaborate, talk, communicate in real time, whether you're texting or whatever. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it's interesting. He had um, one of the teachers said they had the bring your own device, and one of his students submitted an assignment using images from a Snapchat story and sprinkled with emoji, which followed her for a day as she took part in activities that required her to use reflexive verbs in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> so my guess is that girl probably did remember more because she was doing it throughout yep. the day. Yep. She was using it to communicate. Um, That's totally like her college essay. Yeah, and they do find, <laughs> I know, this school, I know that's what's gonna start to happen. Yeah. Your college essays all in emoji. <laughs> be hilarious. But um, it was interesting, he said, so now they could find, this school happens to find loaner laptops or they share devices, but he said when he started teaching in 2009, students had cell phones but not smartphones, and now 90% mm -hmm. of the students, including a fair-sized population from low-income housing, has smartphones. What they don't talk about is access in this right. article, which I think right. is super, is the bigger point. Yes, everyone has a, has a cell phone, smartphone. Um, it's just they become so cheap. But because Wi-Fi is wi not. Because you can't afford the data plans yeah. Like, yeah. You know, that you need for this kind of stuff. Yeah, the one family in the article, yeah. they had had to downgrade their data plans. So yeah. that's why the kids had to, like, hover yeah. outside of the school and do their homework for hours on the family's one shared cracked screen right. smartphone. Ugh, I so want to send them my phone. I, I know. know. Oh, I have, like, a drawer of phones. Me yeah. too. So th maybe that is a program that needs to happen. Yeah. How you get Because they have them yeah. for shelters. They have them for, for shelters, yeah. absolutely. In fact, I have my mother's old flip phone sitting on my desk. Right. Um, it's so old, I can't even figure out how to wipe it. Like, the settings don't hmm. even have an erase everything. Right. But I wanted to find one of those Verizon Hope Shelters to, mm -hmm. to donate yeah, it. But will. maybe that's a thing, is that you can donate to, you know, yeah. kids it, who don't it, have Wi-Fi. It won't, it won't help the access, but at least 
each kid could have one yeah. and they could use it on the bus because the mom doesn't need the phone at home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, if you have a solution for how to do this <laughs> or tell your lawmakers you agree that Wi-Fi should be subsidized by the government for rural and low-income broadband, families yeah. and broadband. Yeah, broadband. It is super, super important. All right, ladies, we once again have a slender tone with us. And I'm sort of a junkie. <laughs> I have to admit, I like my daily, like, I don't even know what I'm going to call it, like, buzz. But <laughs> it's it's so weirdly easy. It, I, it's okay. Here's the deal. Do you want firmer, stronger abs? Do you want to tone hard-to-reach core muscles? Aren't we all about the core? I feel like everything, core, everything yeah. is about the core. Um, take your ab workouts to the next level. I haven't done that. I literally put the thing on. And I told you, and I cook. I do it like while I'm making dinner. Um, but I try swear I wanted to see a picture of it. I think we need <laughs> I'll to take post a, pic- a picture. I'll take a picture of it when it's on <laughs> while I'm cooking in my Fabletics workout gear. <laughs> so um, try Slender Tone Connect apps. Apps. Abs. It has an app. The smart fitness device that does a lot more than just track. It actively tones and tightens your abs. It has this toning belt, the Slender Tone abdominal toning belt, which looks like like a very thin, more flexible wrestling belt. Um, Controlled via an app that creates your personal training plan, tracks your workouts, and sends you customized tips to keep you motivated, which I totally appreciate. Best part of all, you'll have firmer, more toned abs and results within six weeks. Slender Tone Connect uses EMS technology. It sends deep pulses that engage your stomach muscles, causing them to flex and contract, like in regular exercise, gives you stronger core. So it really... It's so funny. In some ways, it's felt like, like a 1950s, you know, those old things. That machine. Where they would show that machine. Yeah, machine. <laughs> but it's not like that. It's actually strapped to you and, like, makes your muscles contract. Um, and so with their money-back guarantee, you can join 100% of users who reported firmer, more toned abs in just weeks. I'm one of them. Visit Slendertone.com. Receive 20% off using offer code PARENTING at checkout. Again, use offer code PARENTING for 20% off today. Go to Slendertone.com. And check it out. Um, and okay, we'll, no, I will Amy and I might get jealous if you start really toning those abs. Amy yeah, and I are going to need to try this. My Ears. core is actually made out of chocolate. So <laughs> I need to try this. Um, I'm all about the core. I think if you have a strong core, it like supports your back. Your back it supports everything yep. you do. It gives you better posture. Um, and you have great posture. I have very good. That's from you that's do. just a long t- lot of ballet in my mm. life. Yeah, that sticks with you for life. But the core does not. So <laughs> unfortunately, um, so check it out today and let us know how you like it. Um, we will be right back with our bites of the week. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Okay, we are back with our Bites of the Week. Who is going first? I can go first. I had a fun one. Um, Because my job is so hard, I had to go watch a movie and then uh, interview the stars. Um, And I went to see... Uh, Eddie the Eagle and it's just a really really cute family movie and it has a PG-13 PG-13 rating which I don't quite understand there's like one scene where um, Hugh Jackman kind of fakes an orgasm when he's talking about training for something but it's I think to a kid it would just look like a guy making a funny face making funny (laughs) noises Um, that's really it. So I don't understand the PG-13 rating. It, it would be a great kids movie. It's inspiring. It's 
fun. It's based on a true story. Um, I, I really liked it. I, cool. I thought it was great. And there, there don't seem to be a lot of family movies out right now. There don't so seem I think to be any movies out right now. Did you get to meet Hugh Jackman? I did. I hung out with <gasps> Hugh Jackman and Taron Egerton, the the two stars of it. And, oh, we'll put um, up a picture. Them. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'll, I'll link to my interview. It's like your eighth time meeting Hugh Jackman. It is It is actually my second time interviewing <laughs> Hugh Jackman. So, and, and, and Fiona made me take her autograph book with me. And I forgot to get them to sign oh. it. It was so hard to tell her that, but maybe I'll have a third time. So and I give her your picture. Yeah, I'll give it. Yeah, that that's what she'll love—a picture of me with Hugh Jackman. <laughs> All right, Andrea. All right. So speaking of collaboration, actually, there was an article this week on Mashable called 10 Creative Ways Families Can Use Slack." Now I don't know oh, how many people are familiar I never with thought Slack about it for family. Um, we used it actually. You know. A lot of startups and tech companies use it for. Hi, what's Slack? <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're program. There's HipChat. There's Slack. There's different ones that allow for collaboration. Since so many companies don't have everyone working in one place. Oh, that's place. why I don't know about it. I work alone. Yeah, you work alone. <laughs> so if but like it's project management and chatting. Yeah, and it's got project management. You get to have like at Mashable. We used one. It was called Campfire actually, and and it was you know news of the day discussion and we'd you know hey did you guys see this story but then there'd be a private one if someone wanted to drop videos you know there was a vi- and so you can have all these private chat rooms oh. within your chat okay. um, and everyone can come in there's like a lobby a front door and then you go to the different rooms slack is very cool it's one of the best known and most used right now i think um, in fact, I'm in a Slack group of tech media people and we kind of share ideas that way and and you know they're they're all across not just the country, but the world. Mm -hmm. So Mashable had this cute article that I thought was great. We can link to it. 10 ways families can use Slack because it's all about collaboration. So my husband will call me and say, what's the doctor's phone number? Or my son used to say, what day is that appointment? And they're suggesting using Slack and making a grocery list. Mm. So you can go in and add peanut butter to the list if you're the last one. We do that all on Google Drive. We do. We do it all on Google Drive. Do you? I yeah, hate Google Drive. We just Drive. have shared docs. Oh, see, my husband won't use Google no, Docs. No, I won't either. <laughs> yeah. And so it's kind of cool. They go, they go through. You can do a video chat. You can share your address book. You can do to-dos. I could have my honey-do list for my husband. Mm. Um, lots of great ways. So we'll post a link to the article. Cool. Cool. So I'm obsessed with this new thing. You know how we talk about food all the time. So I have been wanting something that combined recipes with grocery lists with doing my shopping for me. <laughs> so like all of that. So um, Amy Mascot, who's Teach Mama on Twitter. Has Amy been on our show? I don't know if Amy's no. been on our show. So she has a site, Teach Mama. She's a great resource. She posted last week this new service that she's been loving called Gathered Table. So then I went to see it because I trust what Amy recommends. And it is awesome. Hmm. So it is a recipe site where they have menus, you say like, I'm an omnivore, I'm a pescatarian, I'm, you know, just kind of go through all that. It'll give you a whole bunch of recipes to pick from. Plus you can import your own. So if you have recipes from the New York Times, Wall Street mm-hmm. Journal, any, you can have all your recipes do there. Do you scan them? How do you put them in? No, you actually link oh, and you pull okay. them in. Oh, nice. Or you can upload your own video. Nice. If you have your own recipes, you can upload those. Um, and then you say, I'm gonna cook Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. So it'll say, okay, what do you want to make? Do you want breakfast, lunch, dinner, just lunch, dinner, whatever it does. You pick your recipes, creates your grocery list. Then if you use Peapod, 
it imports it wow. into Peapod. So it's all in there for you. And it takes all the ingredients across all your recipes and combines them. So instead of like one lemon, one lemon, oh, what a, right. it knows Genius. you need like two lemons total. Right. You need. And then if you have one lemon already in the house, could you edit yep. that and change it? You could it? say you have pantry staples. You mm. can do all that stuff. Um, and sometimes cool. it assumes it. Like, do you have soy sauce? Da, 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 da. Right. You're like, yes, no. Yeah. It is so cool because it simplifies everything. Mm-hmm. So you have your ingredients, you can you don't have too much food, which is what happens to me. Sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. I'll just buy ingredients for this right. and this and this, and then I'll make it and I'll get to it, and I never do. I do that. And then so there's can, chicken in the fridge for days. Right, and then you put it in the freezer, and <laughs> right. that's frozen, and then you buy chicken again. Then you, you forget you have it in the freezer. <laughs> so yeah. what's this called? Gathered Table. Okay. Gathered Table. Is and it free? It it's a 10-day free trial, oh. and then it's... They have a like an intro deal of ninety nine cents a month, I think, for the first however many months, and then it's like eighty bucks for the year. So, for like basically seven dollars a month, it does all that, and I think you unlock all sorts of premium stuff mm-hmm. once you pay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that you could ha- have your own recipes mm-hmm. in there too. That it wasn't just because yeah. I don't know what their if their recipes are any good. Right. Um, but I know my New York Times recipes are my favorite. Like you could have some recipes in rotation. Like every two mm. weeks, I like to make lasagna. Like it's just right. there or whatever it is. Um, so I'm super into it. I'm oh. like super, super into it. I'm definitely trying it. And I yeah, want to get my kids Because I have a file folder. Me. I have all my recipes right. in a file folder. Me too. And then oh, I go Andrea. It's oh, so like in a real bad. file folder? A real <laughs> file? A purple file folder. Uh, of course, purple. Because I've written them down. This is our tech guru, ladies and gentlemen. I write them that down awesome. from various people and then I file them away and then I'm like, what was that pasta sauce? See, I have a folder <laughs> in New York Times cooking. I have a folder in Epicurious. Like I have a place for my favorite things. But then most mm-hmm. of the time, I would say ninety percent of the time I'm just cooking for my head. Yeah. So I gets in, get in a rut which is why I, we talked about plated why I loved plated it got mm-hmm. me out of like the recipe rut of making the same you know right, like I a rotation I put all of my recipes in OneNote which has worked you can integrate you OneNote you use OneNote you're you really good inter- at that I am a OneNote yeah. you can integrate I think OneNote and Evernote Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. Oh, no. I'm we'll try it. Super so Rebecca's going to post you pictures you organic. of her abs while she's cooking. <laughs> while I'm cooking my recipes <laughs> from Gather Table in my Fabletics <laughs> workout gear. And then I'm going to Standing on your Lisa and mattress? Her, and her finished dinner. I wish I had a Lisa mattress. Let me tell you. My mattress is, my mattress is like at the 12-year mark. It is oh. It is definitely, might even be more with the 13 when we moved into our My son gigs. is in the market for a new mattress. He just moved. So maybe we should send him a Lisa mattress. Why not? Yes. Yeah, it'll 75 it, bucks yes. off. Easy to send. Yes, he'll tell us how it was. Perfect. All right, well, (laughs) you can check out the links to everything we talked about today and all of our sponsors on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash parentingbytes. You can find us on iTunes, of course, Parenting Bytes. Rate us, review us, subscribe. I want to thank everyone who has left reviews and ratings Mm -hmm. lately. It's wonderful. Thank you, thank you. It helps us move up in the algorithm that is the mystery of Apple. (laughs) Um, You can find us on play.it where you can find Parenting Bites in all the CBS podcasts. Until next week, we'll see you then. Have a good parenting week. Bye. Bye. Bye.